Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. University of Maryland Global Campus was established to bring a respected state university education to working adults at home and abroad. 70 years ago, we sent professors overseas to educate service members and their families on military installations and on the front lines. Today, we're online because that's where working adults need us, that's where you need us. We'll support your commitment to being a successful student with services that fit your lifestyle, and we offer more than 90 programs and specializations for where you are and where you want to be. University of Maryland University College is now University of Maryland Global Campus. We go the distance because times have changed, but what we're made for hasn't. UMGC offers online support for veterans, including resources at the Veterans Resource Center, no-cost digital materials replacing most textbooks, virtual advising, transfer credits, and lifetime career services. Speak to our dedicated military and veterans advisors who can help you find the right degree for your career path. Visit umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. And the NL Sports Platter is back with you all over the major platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, anywhere you get your podcast, find that podcast button, tap it, hit subscribe, uh, hit search, NL Sports Platter, that is, and then hit subscribe. And new and archived episodes will go right into your smartphone device. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports and ML Sports Platter on both Facebook and Instagram. We are presented by Liverpool Physical Therapy, Sit Means Sit Syracuse, and our great friends at Welch and Company Jewelers. Log on to welchjewelers.com today. Shop the showcase with Welch and Company Jewelers, engagement rings, wedding rings, bracelets, watches, you name it. They've got it. Daniel and Luce and the gang doing an amazing job. Welch and Company Jewelers, top-notch jewelry, specials every week, and the showcase right there on the website at welchjewelers.com. Well, today in Major League Baseball is a very, very special day. It is the first time in history, and frankly, this is probably way, 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 way overdue. Today's Lou Gehrig Day, and I. this is so cool. It's so great that they're finally doing this, um, and it's going to be uh, a specific day chosen for Lou Gehrig Day. It's going to mark when Gehrig uh, became the Yankees' starting first baseman, cementing the start of his incredible streak of consecutive games played, and I think he's the greatest first baseman of all time. And who better to talk to about this and what it means for baseball, what it means for Garrick's place in the game and, 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 and the heritage and all the rest. Tell you what, it's Jonathan Eig. That's who you talk to, at Jonathan Eig on Twitter. And I got to tell you, folks, if you haven't read it yet, you got to pick up his biography uh, on Lou Gehrig. It is absolutely positively incredible. Um, I would, if I were you, not only read it, but read it a couple of times because it's so good. It's so informative. The interviews are amazing. And uh, it's called Luckiest Man, The Life and Death of Lou Gehrig. It also won a Casey Award for Best Baseball Book of the Year. And uh, the recent Ali bio 
by Jonathan Eig, by the way, picked that up as well. That one won a Penn ESPN award for uh, literary sports writing. Jonathan Eig, the best-selling author, joins us to talk Lou Gehrig Day. Jonathan, how are you? Welcome back. Thanks so much. I'm good. How about you? I'm doing great. Um, you, what, what does this mean for you? You know, you're, you're the, the author of the definitive Lou Gehrig biography. What does it mean that they finally have a day just for the Iron Horse? I think it's great, um, mostly for um, the ALS community. I think they, they're the ones who are going to appreciate this the most because that's a community that does not get the attention it deserves. It's still what they call an orphan disease. Lou Gehrig uh, brought fame and recognition to this disease, and, and he helped uh, create an image of strength around this disease that melts your muscles away. So for MLB to, to make a day for Gehrig and to celebrate every year um, what, he, what he means and what he was all about is, is just a great thing for, for everybody who's fighting this disease, everybody who's lost a loved one, and uh, that's what I'm most excited about. So... Is there any part of Gehrig's greatness, his career, that actually falls under the underrated category? And I ask that because even though he's in the Hall of Fame, he's a monument park, he's, in my opinion, the greatest first baseman of all time, it seems as though when you ask anybody, it could be media, fans, whoever, greatest baseball players ever go. And he usually takes them, they have to get through Mays and Mantle and you know, Hank Aaron and Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb, and, and then they get to Gehrig, much like it takes them 15, 20 names to rattle off, you know, Ted Williams before they get to Stan Musial or Frank Robinson, which is crazy. So is there any part of Gehrig in his greatness and his, in his accomplishments, et cetera, that you find underrated? Yeah, lots of things. First of all, um, I think because he was quiet and low-key and he played in the shadow of Babe Ruth, He's not recognized as, as high up on the list as he should be just for all-around um, greatness. Um, you know, his numbers are off the chart. You give him another few years, which he certainly would have played at least another three or four years um, without ALS, and um, and he, he racks up ridiculous numbers that are probably, you know, untouchable in the record book. Um, but I would say this, um, the 1938 season, when he played an entire season with ALS, with symptoms of ALS already clear, he didn't know it, but we do now, and he played every game, took the team to the World Series, hit 295, 930 OPS, 114 RBIs, 29 home runs. A terrible off year for Gehrig, but to me, one of the greatest accomplishments in all of sports because he was doing it with a disease that was literally melting his muscles away day by day. You have him as the greatest first baseman ever, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The The, the RBI total and just the numbers and the collection of things that he did. I, I, I think I, I got, you got to put him uh, at number one. What do you hope people say about your Gehrig book when they get done reading it? Now, of course you can add in the wrinkle that there is a Lou Gehrig day. There's a little bit of extra appreciation recently, but what do you hope people say about the book when they're done with it? Well, I hope they feel like I did honor to this man's story. You know, he's such a kind, decent, strong, humble man. And he didn't make it easy for me as a biographer because he didn't talk that much. <laughs> and he didn't write a, a lot of letters and he never wrote a memoir. Um, so, you know, it was it was tough to crack uh, the mystery of this man's personality. And I, I hope that I did him justice. I, I know that I, I tried my hardest and uh, put everything I had into it. And ultimately, that's all you can do. 
Well, it's amazing. I've read it. I'm looking at it right now. It's it's on my uh, my bookshelf as a part of the collection. We're on the ML Sports Platter here, brought to you by Stanley Law Offices and Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State with a terrific best-selling author. Jonathan Igg, of course, the most recent one, Muhammad Ali, the bio that he, that, that he wrote. I had him on for that, but we're celebrating Lou Gehrig Day, June 2nd, uh, Luckiest Man is the book, The Life and Death of Lou Gehrig, online where books are sold and major bookstores, you, you talk about the quiet, cool, calm, collected Lou Gehrig, and then you write a bio about a guy who's on the complete other end of the spectrum from a personality standpoint. Uh, how, how, how different was that for you approaching uh, once you did the Gehrig side of it, and then you jump into maybe the most talkative athlete of all time in Muhammad Ali? <laughs> yeah, it was, Ali was a lot more fun in that respect because not only did he – he never shut up. I mean, you could you could go online now and just watch Ali on YouTube all day, all week, and never run out of new material. Um, but also, you know, I was working at a time when most of the people who knew Ali were still around. And um, for Gary, it was hard to find people who knew him. He didn't have any kids. He didn't even have any nieces or nephews. So um, I found, I think, 30 people uh, who had met him or knew him. Um, nobody who was really intimate uh, who knew him very well. They had all passed away by the time I started working on the book. Um, so that was one of the, the joys of working on the Muhammad Ali story was being able to sit down face-to-face with people who knew him really well. What do you think Lou Gehrig would think about the game today? You know, it's really, it's always tempting to say that the old guys would uh, appreciate or that they would uh, complain about the high salaries and the attitude. And I don't. I don't know. I think Gehrig was was, was a pretty um, was a pretty cool guy. He didn't complain about much. Although you know, when the Yankees put um, cushions in the dugout instead of like a hardwood bench, he complained. He said this was going to make the players too soft. <laughs> so you can only imagine what he'd think about uh, the locker, the clubhouses today. Uh, with all of their amenities and the, you know, the first class travel and all of that. Um, but, you know, I think Garrick would have, would have still just loved the game. He was, you know, an all American boy. He loved baseball. He loved what sports could do for a kid, um, lifting a kid out of poverty. This was a, you know, a, a first, a first generation immigrant who, um, baseball took his family out of poverty and, you know, the game is still, um, the same in, in many of those respects. So we've established that he's the greatest first baseman of all, of all time. But would you say that he and Ruth, when you look at one-two combos in team sports history, is that is that number one? We've had a lot of them, Montana to Rice and you know uh, Gretzky, Messier, some of them that, that, that come to mind. But uh, do you have those two at the top, Jonathan? <laughs> Obviously I'm biased as a Yankee fan and as a Gehrig lover. Um, but, yeah, I don't think you're it, – it's pretty rare that you – I mean – He's clearly, in my book, two of the top ten baseball players of all time. And to have them playing on the same team for so many years, um, it's hard for me to imagine another pair that you could uh, say that about. Two two of the top ten in their sport playing simultaneously, that's that's pretty special. Yeah, and hitting back-to-back. In what ways do you think Gehrig made Ruth a better player and a better person? Well, first of all, as a player, you know, Gehrig saw a lot more pitches, a lot more good pitches. I mean, I'm sorry, Ruth saw a lot more good pitches because he had Gehrig behind him in the lineup. He did not want to, you know, you did not want to walk Babe Ruth. He led the, you know, he set the record for most walks, but he would have had even more walks. They would have put him on all the time yeah. if Gehrig hadn't been batting behind him. 
And, um, you know, Garrett probably lost a lot of RBIs because Garrett, because Ruth was clearing the bases with all those home runs. Um, so they, they had a huge impact on, on one another. Um, you know, as a person, um, I think, you know, Ruth really loved Garrett as a little brother and even loved Garrett's parents because, you know, Ruth was uh, raised in an orphanage and, and uh, often felt alone. And he was, um, and he was out every night with women, but he didn't have a family to go home to that, um, that like took care of him like a little boy. And I think that he loved Lou in that way and loved um, Lou's parents because it, you know, it, it was the closest thing he had to a to a, a, you know an older family of his own. You know, you look at the the all time RBI list, and Gehrig is right there at six, and ahead of him, Bonds, A Rod, you know, a couple of steroid guys. I think all of the the guys even who use steroids should be in the Hall of Fame if they were a Hall of Famer, whether or without him, I think they should be in it. And you'd address it and you'd maybe pay attention to the era, which the Hall of Fame is never going to do. But you have Bonds and Rodriguez, and then you've got Pujols, Babe Ruth, and Hank Aaron. That's it. That's the list, you know, of guys who are ahead of Lou Gehrig. But man, I don't know if you do this. I look over at that column right at the number and I'm going, oh, he was only five away from 2000, you know? That hits a <laughs> yeah. little bit, you know? Yeah, well, he, it also hits that he would have played another four or five years and racked up another 500 RBIs easy. Oh, yeah, he would have blown uh, away the RBI list, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he, he might have been right up there in around 4,000 hits and getting close to 700 home runs. Yeah, no doubt. Um, what was it, in when you did your research for Gehrig, what was it that, that jumped out at you that you didn't know going in? Well, there was a lot. I mean, the, the big thing to me was figuring out that he actually played all of 38 with symptoms of ALS and seeing the evidence of it, you know, starting even in spring training, seeing how he's complaining of blisters on his hands, finding out that he started ordering lighter bats as the season went along because he was compensating for the for the loss of muscle. I mean, that just, that just blew me away. Um, and then finding the letters that he wrote in those last couple of years of his life and seeing those for the first time, I was the first one to document that. Um, and that just um, really, you know, I talked about how shy he was and how um, tough a nut he was to crack. But reading those letters, you know, made clear that, that this was a really sensitive, really smart, really courageous guy. Um, so that really changed my, my whole um, attitude and really changed my life because I, I just gained so much respect for this guy. All right. Final question for you. I, I started off by just asking you what it meant, you know, to you personally being the author of the definitive Garrick bio, that Major League Baseball has finally come up with a day in his honor. Um, there's three guys now, right? I mean, there's Jackie Robinson, Roberto Clemente, and 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 Garrick now with their own days in celebration of their careers on and off the field. In Garrick's case, the ALS situation, Clemente's case, being an ambassador for the Latin players and doing so much, of course, off the field to help others and until the last day of his life, and obviously, Jonathan, uh, as you know, Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. Two of those three guys, you've written the definitive bio- a biography or a major story behind their career and what happened going into it. The Garrick bio, which we've been talking about, and opening day, the story of Jackie Robinson's first season. You must go back to that and Lou, and now that they announced that, and just Robinson and 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 Garrick are tied together now with these days, but also your books, I think it ties them together even more as well. Does that, does that sink in for you? Yeah, it's, it's amazing to me. Um, you know, I, I grew up as a huge baseball fan and 
these guys were immortals to me. And now to have my name connected with them in any way is just incredibly um, humbling. I'm, I'm honored to, you know, Garrett, when he made his great speech, said how lucky he was to be able to associate with these ball players that he had um, been teammates with, and even the teammates he'd um, played against, even the uh, the ball players he'd played against. And uh, I, I know a little bit of what he feels like because I get to be associated with, with Gehrig and I get to be associated with Robinson and with Muhammad Ali. And, uh, you know, it's um, it's an incredible honor. And I, that's why it's so important that I work as hard as I can to do justice to their stories and to get it to get it right. I didn't get to meet them. I didn't get to interview them. So I've got to really uh, do the extra work to, to try to tell their stories the way they deserve to be told. It's so good. Luckiest man, the life and death of Lou Gehrig. Of course, Lou Gehrig uh, Day is June 2nd. And uh, Jonathan Ig, our guest, the author of that terrific book. And make sure, you, again, that you pick up the opening day book on Jackie Robinson and the definitive Muhammad Ali uh, bio as well, all over major bookstores, Amazon.com, online everywhere where book, books are sold. And, of course, visit his website, JonathanIg.com, and on Twitter, give him a follow, at JonathanIg. That's at Jonathan, E-I-G. Jonathan, thank you so much. Uh, enjoy your summer, and uh, really appreciate you coming on. Thanks. It's always good to talk to you. The ML Sports Platter here, brought to you by Bryant & Stratton College. Log on to bryantstratton.edu. Two- and four-year degrees are available, and classes are always starting soon. Academics, athletics, excellence at Bryant and Stratton College. And, hey, if you're in and around Central New York, you're looking to stay close to home and go to school and, and, and craft that degree, they got two great locations in Liverpool and on James Street. If you're in the greater state of New York in general, want to kind of venture out to Central New York and go to campuses uh, at Bryant and Stratton College, definitely do it. It's worth it. Uh, everything is rising and growing at uh, Bryant and Stratton uh, now have a nursing program. They've got a bunch of other business options that you can take a look at as well. Bryant Stratton College is the official college of the ML Sports Platter. A tip of the cap thank you as well to the Allen Angus Pub, Prestwick Golf, and your Syracuse insurance agent, Matt Graham of State Farm. Go ahead and log on to SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com. Home, auto, life, health, business, you name it. Get a free rate quote today on insurance and ask Matt about their rate drop as well. Matt Graham at State Farm, like a good neighbor, they're both there. State Farm Insurance and Matt Graham, South Bay Road in North Syracuse, or if you're around the great state of New York, get that free rate quote, visit the website, and McCall, SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com. I, I want to do a deep dive into the career of Lou Gehrig because I, I just, when you look at these numbers, and I'm with Jonathan obviously all the way, you know, he doesn't, Obviously, uh, you know, contract ALS. I mean, this guy plays, I mean, who who knows? I mean, he died at age 37. <laughs> so, you know, certainly the 1939 season, and the bio is just filled, by the way, with so many rich details, and he talked about that 30. I couldn't believe it when I was reading it. The 1938 season where Garrett played at, at the age of 35, basically with ALS the entire year, he came came up with a 295 batting average, 114 RBI, and 29 home runs, <laughs> you know, and 170 hits. I, just unbelievable. It's one of the great single-season accomplishments, I think, in the history of the game. And he didn't know it then. Nobody knew it then. We know it now. But he was suffering mightily already from ALS. But in 1939... You know, Gehrig, obviously that was it. He only played eight games, and then he was, he was out, and, and then he was gone two years later. And 
Gehrig in 39, well, let's put it this way. In 37, the year before he played with it, he had a 351 batting average, 158 for RBI, and 37 home runs. He hit over 1,100 for an OPS, and his OBP was 473 at 643 slugging. Could you imagine he finished fourth in the MVP race that year? you imagine the analytic guys talking about the, oh, wait, he had 200 hits, right? So I guess that the 200 hits and batting average of 351, does that does that ruin it for the geeks today? Like, look at those numbers. One year later, he dipped, obviously, compared to those numbers severely, but he was battling ALS. He still almost hit 30 home runs and had over 100 RBI. My point is, if he doesn't have the ALS symptoms as early as 38 and playing through those the entire year, he probably puts up another year like 37 and then probably another one or two after that. So you've got 1938. You're probably, you can add, I would say, you know, kind side, 10 to 15 home runs, right? Because uh, uh, he had 37 and 37. So, you know, let's, let's or 5 to 10, I guess. So we'll go with 10 there. And then maybe, you know, the next year he, he, he hits 25, 30-ish out, maybe 40. I mean, he hit 49 out in 36. You know, maybe, maybe it's all all of those numbers, right? Maybe it's all those numbers that that, that, that he missed. You know, maybe thirty eight. He goes for a three thirty batting average. You know, and I think in thirty eight, probably another ten home runs. I think in thirty nine, you're looking at another hundred and twenty RBI, and another thirty to forty home runs, uh, and then forty. I mean, gosh, 38, 30, 39, 40, 41, probably dips a little bit upper 30s. Maybe he plays till he's 40, 41. Um, high level, how long, I don't know. But I think you're looking at a solid three, four, five years lost with numbers in which, to me, that's about 100 home runs. Uh, it's about another, I would say, five to 650 or so RBI. And... You know, maybe another, gosh, probably I think on the low side, we're probably looking at, you know, 600 hits, right? Which would have put him in the category of 3,000 hits. He would have hit over 500 home runs. Actually, probably would have hit over 600 home runs. He finished with 493. 1,995 RBI. Not only does he surpass that by miles, but I think he is the all-time RBI leader by by miles. You know, Hank Aaron's the all-time leader still at 2,297. I think Lou Gehrig pops that out of the ballpark. I mean, he plays another four or five years in his prime, and that's why I've thought for a long time that he's the greatest RBI guy of all time. When you look at his single seasons, 166, 185, 173, 173, 147, 151, 152, 158, I mean, it, it, it's, it's absurd. And it's hard to believe Right, that like DiMaggio, Mantle, and Barra all won three MVP MVPs, but Garrig only won two. He finished second twice. Uh, he finished fourth twice. He finished fifth twice. And it's just the career is remarkable. I mean, it, it's I think he's the greatest RBI guy. And again, I know he doesn't have the most. I know that's Aaron, but. Again, career cut short, number one. Number two, look at the single seasons. It's just absurd. I mean, his career, 
you know, retired number, Monument Park. They waive the the five-year waiting period to get him into the Hall of Fame. Makes history in that regard. Batting title, seven All-Stars, a seven-time All-Star, two-time MVP, first ballot Hall of Famer, six-time World Series, uh, you know, six times in the World Series, and a triple crown winner. I mean, absolutely incredible, you know, really is. And actually, I'm sorry, one, two, three, four, five, six. He's, he played in the World Series seven times, one six out of seven. That lone loss coming in 26, if you know the history behind it, the uh, World Series got, uh, it was ended by, <clears throat> I think, Babe Ruth trying to steal, right? He was thrown out for the last out. But, you know, the, the Yankees were obviously a powerhouse with him and, and Babe Ruth and company. And, oh, by the way, Gehrig is one of the easily, one of the greatest postseason performers of all time. His lifetime batting average in the World Series. Remember, it was easier to get be, get there back then, right? I mean, it was it was it was far easier because you had, you know, you didn't have wild card rounds, you have divisional rounds, you'd have league championship series rounds. You you didn't have any of that. Uh, you basically won the pennant, and then you went right into the World Series, and it was you know an eight, ten, twelve team league uh, for a, a good solid couple of decades. Lou Gehrig, though, in the World Series, I mean, wow. 361 batting average, <laughs> 35 RBI and 10 home runs. Uh, you look at the collective games, and he had 43 hits, by the way. He hit 1,200-plus on the OPS and 731 slugging, 483 OBP. This guy's numbers career in the World Series were better than his regular season numbers. I mean, that's, that is damn quite, that is damn impressive. And it's quite simply uh, astonishing Oh, by the way, 87 total bases in the World Series as well. It's, it's quite astonishing when you look at all these and and recognize in a different way, too, like, you know, the Bob Fellers and all these others who lost time from the war. You know, Garrett doesn't get ALS. Bear doesn't go to the war. Ted Williams doesn't go to the war. Bob Feller doesn't go to the war. Hank Greenberg doesn't go to the war. I mean, I could go on and on and on. You know, DiMaggio, all these guys who went to the war, how, what do their numbers look like now? I mean, honestly, so he had a spectacular career, there's no doubt, and he's on my all-time Major League Baseball team at first base. I have Albert Pujols backing him up. I know Jimmy Fox is in the conversation, uh, but man, for my, for, my, for my money historically, nobody, I mean, Garrick's right there with anybody, you know, and it is crazy because sometimes we think about like, Hey, who's the best baseball player of all time? And like I mentioned to Jonathan Ive, like you, you people just immediately, Willie Mays, you know, Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, you know, Joe DiMaggio, they go right into all of it, right? Ted Williams and you know, Ty Cobb. And if pitchers are included in there, then maybe a bunch of guys get mentioned, you know, Barry Bonds, A-Rod. Right, like Roger Clemens, Greg Maddox, you know, pitchers might get mentioned with them. Christy Matthews and Walter Johnson. A lot of times, it takes people like 10, 12, 15 names before they get to Lou Gehrig, which is just absolutely to me mind-boggling. Uh, I think Lou Gehrig's a top ten player in the history of the game. He very well easily could be way higher than that, um, you know. And there is a little bit to me, like a little bit of underrated to his game, to his quality. You know, years lost, and the RBI, when you really take the total, 1,995 is obviously amazing. That's sixth all-time. 
Then you go into the single season RBI totals, and that's where it really jumps out to me. You know, you talk all day about the Triple Crown, um, and 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 all all the rest. You can talk about the World Series. All those things stand on their own too, no doubt. Um, but I think what really hits for me and, and being a, you know, a, 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 an all time RBI guy, you know, a, a, a major, major, major RBI guy, the greatest RBI guy of all time, you know, it's those single seasons. I mean, think about this too. The dead ball era obviously changed with Babe Ruth and his uppercut swing and all the rest. But look at some of the numbers, you know, RBI-wise, right? Ty Cobb wasn't a power hitter, but he still managed to get 119 RBI in a season in 1907. You know, you, you look at some of these other, like, RBI numbers, which are amazing. Babe Ruth had 146 in 1926. Bob Musel, by the way, the year before that, 1938 with the Yankees, or, or 1925 with the Yankees, had 138 RPI, right? Like, Ruth and Gehrig both had 142 in 1928. But then, like, Gehrig has 175 RPI in 1927. Arguably the greatest team of all time. You know, Gehrig, again, 173 and 30. 1931, 185. You look at some of these years, like, I mean, Hank Greenberg had some. Jimmy Fox had some. You know, Greenberg went for 184 in 1937. Jimmy Fox went for 175 in 1938. Ted Williams went for 145 in 1939. Hank Greenberg 150 in, in 1940. But then you start going and, like, you know, even DiMaggio in 1948, 155 RBI. That's a ton of RBI. There's no doubt. But look at some of these other really good single season. Like, look at Mickey Mantle. The year he won the Triple Crown, 130 in 1956. You have to add 45 RBI to that total or 55 RBI in the case of 1931, you know, to get to Gehrig's number. It's 55 more RBI than Mickey Mantle, who many consider to be the greatest center fielder of all time. Some people consider him to be the greatest Yankee of all time, the greatest all-around Yankee of all time as well. I mean, you know, I, I have Ruth, you know, Gehrig, Mantle, and DiMaggio. They're just immovable on that Mount Rushmore. Um... But boy, I mean, you could, you know, with, with Mantle and the MVPs and the, the combo of speed and power, you look at him switch hitting, you can argue Mantle. And you look at the prime years, you can argue if you want. You could argue Mickey Mantle's the greatest Yankee of all time. You could argue DiMaggio. You could argue Garrett. You could argue, you could argue, you know, Ruth. Um, I think those four are ahead of, by a tick, Barra, even though for a few years stretch before Mantle was accepted by the Yankee fans and all the rest. Barrow was carrying that team. Um, but man, you know, and, and for all the other really great ones that they've had in, in past days, you know, Barra, Bill Dickey, Jeter, Rivera, I mean, it goes on and on, Whitey Ford. Those are the big four, right? And But you could argue it. Think about that for a minute. Mickey Mantle, 130 RBI in 1956, and you could you have to add another 55 to get to that Lou Gehrig high point, that high mark, right? It's just, it's incredible. And then I go into like the 90s, right? Like the steroid era. Like Jose Canseco in 1984, 124 RBI. The guy was clearly juicing. Clearly juicing. Had 124 RBI. That's 61 less than Lou Gehrig at his high point. <laughs> 61. 
you look at all these big behemoth sluggers getting all the 126 RBI and this and that, and I don't know who you, who who used who you know got away with it because there wasn't testing. Um, but you know, like a Juan Gonzalez, even 157 RBI in 1998, he's been under the cloud, the suspicion of steroids. Guess what? You have to add another 28 RBI to get to Gehrig's high watermark. Even A Rod in that 2007 season where he was lighting it up for the Yankees, even though he got dropped in the postseason batting order by Joe Torre, uh, or was that in 06? That was 06. Um, which was one of the greatest days of my life. But A-Rod, 156 RBI, like you have to add another 29 to get to the Garrett high watermark. It's unbelievable. You know, J.D. Martinez, I remember for the Boston Red Sox in 2018 when they won the World Series, it was, oh my gosh, look at the year he's having this RBI total. And it was, it was a great year. It was still 55 short of Lou Gehrig's high watermark. In, insane. Just absolutely sensational and I'm so happy that Major League Baseball is doing this um I think it's well deserved and and a day that is long overdue and it's awesome that Cal Ripken announced you know that it was happening he announced Lou Gehrig's day I think it was on MLB Network um you look at the career you look at the ambassador you look at the quality of the guy Uh, And hopefully it will raise a ton more money for ALS research. But June 2nd, uh, just a terrific, terrific deal, I think, by Major League Baseball. They very rarely get things right. You know, they very rarely get things right. But um, I think this is is definitely definitely a a, a good thing for Major League Baseball. Uh, Celebrates one of the legends. Um, and as I mentioned before, Roberto Clemente and Jackie Robinson is the only players whose legacies are celebrated annually with dedicated league-wide days. And again, if you're just wondering why June 2nd, like, like oh, wasn't, how come it's not, you know, the July 4th with, uh, you know, his, his luckiest man speech or whatever the case may be. June 2nd was specifically chosen as a day for Lou Gehrig Day because it marks when Gehrig became the Yankees starting first baseman. Um, and, but I got to tell you that if you look at the life of Lou Gehrig in a very, very, uh, crazy, crazy way, it's also 17 days, you know, uh, 17 days before the actual date he was born. He was born on June 19th, right? So, um, this is just outstanding. It's, it's just, it's, it's fantastic. I'm so excited, um, that, that baseball did this. Um, I think that it was long overdue. And now we have Lou Gehrig honored every single year. ALS research upped that much more. And it was just a great thing by baseball across the board. Really terrific stuff. ML Sports Platter brought to you by Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State Tax Efficient Retirement Planning with Brian. Make sure you go with him today. He's on LinkedIn and Facebook and advisors.massmutual.com. Brian Conboy is the official financial advisor of the ML Sports Platter. A big tip of the cap. Thank you as well to our good pals at Rosie's Corner, Welch & Company Jewelers, and the Vince Aguera Consulting Group. Log on to vcgtransforms.com. Become a better leader both personally and professionally. Scott and his team have a ton of programs 
for you to jump into right now. VCGtransforms.com is the website for that. And a tip of the cap, thank you for the support from the Swan and Whitaker families for the platform as well. Hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review for this very podcast, the ML Sports Platter. And hey, as I always tell you, enjoy the games. amount of fuel to get going in the morning for some a nice mcdonald's egg and cheese bagel is just enough to do it others might prefer a mcdonald's bacon egg and cheese bagel or perhaps a sausage egg and cheese bagel and there are those where nothing will do but a hearty mcdonald's steak egg and cheese bagel four different breakfast bagels to get you going tomorrow morning give your engine a head start at participating mcdonald's Introducing Venture X, Capital One's new travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.